Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to episode 27 of the Women's Running Podcast. I'm Esther Newman, the editor of Women's Running, and in this episode I speak to Joe Pavey. Yes, Joe Pavey. It's difficult not to feel starry-eyed about five-time Olympian Joe Pavey, but from the second I started talking to her, I just was instantly at ease. She's warm, lovely, and super enthusiastic about running at all levels. She's more than happy to offer advice to us amateurs and is keen to get us all out running. Running is amazing, she says, and she's right. I talked to Jo on a chilly January day over Zoom. It wasn't until her husband Gav came in the room and started asking about lighting that I realised I'd given Jo the wrong end of the stick as she thought we were filming as well as recording for the podcast. I let her off the hook, but not before discovering that she had washed her hair especially for the occasion. Let me emphasise that one more time. Jo Pavey washed her hair for me. I think my career can happily end here. We talk about the challenges of homeschooling as we both had to nudge our children out of our respective rooms before we started talking, and also about being a women's running cover star. Jo graces our February cover in big style. We also talk about her memories of the Olympics, discussions around her age, competitiveness in sport, friendship with her colleagues, how to encourage your kids to be active and spreading the Saucony love to her entire village. She's ridiculously lovely and I hope you enjoy this as much as I enjoyed talking to her. This episode is sponsored by Decathlon. Decathlon knows the vital role staying active plays on our physical and mental well-being. Decathlon has just launched its brilliant Power of Ten podcast. In this, Olympic skier turned Dancing on Ice star Graham Bell chats to stars of sport and media to discover their top tips for a healthy body and mind and how they achieve balance in their lives. The Power of Ten is available on all the usual platforms and provides the sporting boost your day needs. I think, I was talking to my mum last night, it would be fine if you've got your kids at home and all your priorities are is to keep them happy, get them out, get them active, make them have fun, have an enjoyable life. That would be fine it's the pressure of doing hours of schooling every day and um it's like they've got piles and piles of homework and you feel like you're always on their case because you you can't realistically get it done unless they almost do it all the time almost it isn't all the time but you've always like not got it finished if you know what I mean yeah yeah like the constant guilt I think yeah so yeah do you find that are yours getting on God, it's just it's relentless it's yeah, yeah it's kind of you know it's the guilt of like and I think when when um in our first couple of weeks as well we had the first week in January it was absolutely freezing and then the second week it was raining the whole yeah. time and so in terms of like getting them out particularly because they had staggered lessons right. made, made it impossible I was I was getting them to like jump up and down on a little trampette in the kitchen because I just thought that their bones were turning to jelly I was like I can't, I can't get them out so, so, you know, the guilt of that, the guilt of schooling, the guilt of 
ugh, I don't know, just shouting at them most of the time. It's, it's hard. Any actual online lessons. So it's literally there it is, the day's work. And um, so that's what's tricky is because um, with the best will in the world, you think I'll get them going at nine in the morning. But it's not really like that because normally for a school run, obviously we get them to school on time, both of them. But it's like you have to get there to actually get them to panic that much to actually just start working off a computer and doing something we've set them it realistically is not going to happen they want a bit of chill time watch something they want to watch have a bit of breakfast and Jacob decides he wants to shower and then even though you want them to get up and panic and get on with it they're not going to and then it's important for us to get them outside and then when we get them outside of course everything's not done and like um yesterday we had a bad day Jacob the day before I was doing maths with him till like half 10 at night because he's out and it was like I was pleased we got it done we got six pages of maths done but it is just set so like I'm prepared for them to get it done you know early in the day but if they're not necessarily gonna sit there and concentrate because it is just a piece of work and every day you open the computer for both of them and you've got to get through it and Jacob has loads of videos yeah that's so it's crazy but um yeah we've um, we've we've just started i think it was after because my my back went a couple of weeks ago just because i've been sitting on the sofa for a couple of weeks while they've been doing their homeschooling yeah. and um and so i introduced the concept of walking to school so before nine o'clock in the morning we all go out no matter what the weather is and thankfully they've kind of just taken it on as habit and it's only a 10 minute walk and we just walk around the block or we might go up to there's a little play area if we've got enough time just in time for school to start you know we come back at sort of yeah. nine o'clock and that's become our thing but then I must admit I'm like well they've been outside now <laughs> <That's> <laughs> fine. I would like it if we could at least have the first lesson of the day at nine o'clock as a live thing so that they had to be there yeah. because they're getting up early enough but it is very hard to like we absolutely panic and want to actually have that panic for nothing happening because we've had a couple of like um online meets up with a class and you know you've got that discipline they know they've got to be there looking at a computer at a set time but they've not got that only once a week each and it's like 11 o'clock in the morning I mean the teachers are doing a great job not saying that but it's like yeah yeah but it's nice to have a moan isn't it oh god I love it And it is a leveller. I mean, you know, here's yeah. me talking to this amazing Olympic star and you can have a nice little moan about <laughs> schooling. So it's, um, yeah, it makes me feel good. <laughs> We're all in it together. Yeah, I know. I think everyone's um, struggling with it and I think we all do the best we can, don't we? You know? Yeah. 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 And so... Um, I mean, I wanted to talk. I mean, I've been wanting to talk to you for ages. I can't believe it's taken this long. I mean, I spoke to you, uh, you know, before um, because of Sockany launches and things, but um, but I've never really spoken to you properly about you and the things that you do. And now you're going to be a women's running cover star, um, oh. which is very exciting. And I think I'm going to see the first. I think that magazine's going to come back in the next couple of days for me. So oh. hopefully for you as well. Yeah. So um, no, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. <sighs> Are we well i'm i'm just so thrilled that you're going to be part of that and and kind of you know kind of you know dry you know inspiring so many more women to run so um that's wonderful for us um but in within that um rachel interviewed you and um and she said on there she kind of found out that you were training for your sixth olympics this summer um what's the outlook for tokyo what do you do you does it feel like momentum's building, that everything will go ahead as planned? I think um, there's, you know, so much uncertainty, to be honest. You know, I've kept an eye on the media and then you get things like supposedly leaks that maybe it's not going to happen and then everyone denies it and then people talk about it going on behind closed doors with no crowds. Then they talk about vaccinating athletes and then the whole controversy behind that because obviously vulnerable people and the elderly deserve to have the vaccine first and then you talk about people traveling from all over the world and there's all this uncertainty and um even it even if it does go ahead it's going to be um a completely different games you know and it's not going to be the same um as what it would have been and also in the lead up there's so much inequality for athletes you know um some people have got access to tracks they're at high performance centers they're practically carrying on as normal as other people got no access to 
facilities and um, they're just trying to make do with what they've got. And um, obviously people from all different parts of the world, some people are on different phases of lockdown than others. And, and then you think, are some countries not going to allow their athletes to go? You know, you mm-hmm. don't know things like this. I mean, obviously um, for me to go to a sixth Olympics is a really big ask, but it's just fun trying to get ready for the trials. You know, I'm training hard at the moment and um, I'm really looking forward to sort of trying to get back on the track. So I'm having to do all my sessions on the road and do a lot of hill sessions and and things like that. And um, there isn't a track I can use, which is probably okay for now, but I'm getting a little bit worried that I do need to somehow use a track. But But yeah, I know it's a really big ask I'm getting older every day and people joke that with it being delayed a year anyway I'm even older and there's so many talented um, girls that we've got in the country running really well which is great to see so you know obviously um, I know it would be a really big ask but it's fun trying and whatever happens I want to get out there racing I'm really sort of focused on getting out and racing because um, I want to do that anyway and we're lucky with running that at least we hope some events in some way will be going ahead um, this year. Um, when I look at people from other sports that, you know, maybe somebody's doing judo or something and they're thinking that they've put their whole careers on hold to maybe try and get a place at the Olympics or people particularly who in sports that they think they might be able to get a medal and they're putting their life on hold, they're the ones that are really probably having a difficult time right now whereas for us runners I think at least we think we love running and we we hope there'll be stuff going on of course there is with all sports but I just mean some people are actually Mm -hmm. thinking their other careers are on hold because of Olympic Games so um, I mean it must have been really hard for you to to train up until Tokyo 2020 was was postponed and then have to go through the whole cycle all over again that must be really tough yeah I think um a lot of athletes kind of expected the olympics to be postponed in some way um i think fairly soon after march i would say it became so obvious that the pandemic was spreading so rapidly worldwide and um when we thought of all the preparations and the fact that it isn't just the start date of the olympics everybody going there you know to set it up and also you know even as athletes we go over there um you know a long time before the games and things like that it became fairly sort of expected I think quite early on but at the same time it was difficult because you're training thinking right are the trials going ahead or not and you're always trying to train thinking well it might do but it might not and I think um, you know athletes all around the world are finding themselves in that same position but I mean as far as I'm concerned say I just love running so I always go out and run anyway and um, you know at the moment it's so important for physical and mental health for everyone to keep active and I just love going out running getting out into beautiful scenery and mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to trying to race in something anyway but um but it is definitely different thinking obviously if I was doing a track trial I need to get on the track pretty quickly whereas if it's going to be half marathons that I'm going to have the opportunity to run then I can probably do something more specific on the roads than what you can if you're doing a five or a 10k on the track it you know, I'm thinking back to 2014 um, when I did the European Championships. If I turned up on that day having not used a track, I don't think I would have done very well. There's just something about it, isn't it? It's that real icing on the cake um, type of training, really, when you're trying to race. So can you, I mean, can you talk me through what a week's typical training looks like at the moment for you? Yeah, I mean, at the moment, I'm trying to keep all the components of training there so I'm doing shorter intervals a lot of the time at the moment that's a hill session and I do those like a sprint so I do 45 second ones I do 15 of those but then I finish with um, a really long hill that takes me three and a half minutes and I have to get to this lamppost marker before three and a half minutes and I normally uh, last week I got there in three minutes 24 so I was quite quite pleased because the previous week I only got there in three minutes 28 and it's like it's quite funny I set that marker for myself and it's at the end of the long hill session the rest of them are sprints and then I'm doing a lot of um, road sessions where I do you know five minute efforts I'm not really doing them measured because um it's easier to do it by time, but I'm putting my maximum effort into these workouts. So five minute efforts and they are like, 
you know, I might do something like two times five minutes, two times four minutes, two times three minutes, two minutes. And I tend to enjoy getting quicker with each um, interval. And then I'll find a flat bit at the end and do a few 30 second efforts. Um, but, you know, I'm not necessarily wearing racing shoes. I'm trying to make sure I don't get injured. I'm doing tempo efforts and I'm also doing some tempo efforts on the treadmill and I'm trying to fit in a long run every week as well but I'm not doing a really really long run I'm only keeping it at 90 minutes at the moment because I'm still got aspirations to be racing on the track so I'm not really in like marathon training of course Mm -hmm. but you know the marathon trials are you know potentially happening um you know March and I, I made the decision to focus on the track again this year so um in the past if it's been track I'm focused on I need to not do a really long run because otherwise it affects the quicker work that must be quite hard I guess because I've seen pictures of you in running on Dartmoor it looks absolutely idyllic looks so beautiful and it must be hard not to just go and go and go and do a forest gump yeah and um that's one thing I'm missing because before this latest lockdown my husband and I had really um took the time to go and do some longer runs and some runs in beautiful locations like Dartmoor at the moment you know it would be considered probably too far to drive to go to Dartmoor um and also of course we were enjoying doing those runs together and now we've got the children at home and of course we go to places more locally with the children but we can't both just run off together and leave them you know (laughs) so we keep active as a family and they go on the bikes and we stay more locally but we can't um head off the two of us and go for like a 14 mile run really because we wouldn't have anybody to look after the children and they're here all the time you know which is lovely having them at home and we do get some lovely um quality time but the homeschooling I think for all Mm -hmm. parents is just such a battle and I feel sorry for the children you know having to to do it obviously that's the main I think stress for a lot of parents is you worry about how unpleasant it is for them not to go out and see their friends and everything sure and after this olympics um you know assuming you come back with a clutch of gold medals which is what we all expect um (laughs) would you change your sights in terms of distance after that i think coming home with a medal would be very a very very big ask um i would just love to be able to compete in the six games and um when i went to my fifth games in rio i just gave my absolute all you know when you've got that honor of representing your country you just give it everything you feel so privileged to you know had that opportunity but yeah I think getting a gold medal at the Olympics would be a, a big ask the times that are happening these days on the track but but yeah um I definitely feel keen to maybe try some sort of ultra running some trail races that type of thing it wouldn't be my strong point because however hard I try I'm not um that great at rough ground and and hills but I just love it and that would be something that could be a new goal. I could definitely get in some PBs, things that I've never done before, and that would be fun. And, you know, there's just been so much increase in popularity and, you know, getting my trail shoes on, which I do a lot, um, would be um, really fun to be competing on that sort of terrain. Yeah, I've seen that there have been such um, some amazing efforts over the past year, especially in lockdown, people doing all those fastest known times. And um and doing kind of like massive feats of endurance, like you know running for four or five days and um that sort of thing. And I just wondered if maybe you might consider something like the spine race or something kind of massive yeah. like that. Yeah, I think I would rather do uh, probably rather do a race where it's too hot than too cold. That's the thing. I don't know. Sometimes I hear people do these races where it's absolutely freezing. Is in that's what I, I think is another amazing factor that comes into it that people achieve because it's just you know after like 90 minutes sometimes I can't feel my hands and feet you know mm-hmm. and if we did five days <laughs> you know the cold I know you probably get more used to it and more prepared but um it's just you know the bleak conditions I really admire people I think um you know races in the desert I think I would yeah. <laughs> there's something that's really cold or something but um but yeah I mean it's interesting to see what pace people can keep running at isn't it for mm. a long amount of time it's amazing yeah and um and just to kind of go back 
a bit because I've I've gone off into endurance running and the future of Joe Pavey kind of thing. And I want to go back again, um, back to 2014 because um, you know, when I was when I was researching you and this interview and it it was just such a lovely time for me to kind of remind myself to watch those videos and to remind me about how emotional it felt to watch you win at the European Championships and um, I mean, it, it was actually, you know, a really weepy moment. And I think for for people that support you, but women generally, um, and I think women, uh, you know, like I think I've said before to you, like we we have we are exactly the same age. So watching someone that's my age doing what you're doing um, is is just incredible. And um, and particularly because it was so soon after having your second child, wasn't it? I think so. Um, I just wondered, I, this is my only opportunity to ask you, can you, <laughs> could you talk me through that experience and, and how you managed to do that training? Oh, well, thank you very much. I mean, it was a big surprise to me uh, as well as everyone else. Definitely, you know, never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that I'd have got gold at the European Championships that year. And I think it was just at, at the start of the year, um, my husband and I, um, thought, oh, should we just give it one more go to see if I can make the team? And I think probably that sort of idea probably started from the fact that at the London 2012 Olympics, I ran my PB for 10K, so I was already like 38-ish or whatever. Mm-hmm. And after all the years of track running, that was when I got my PB for 10K. So, of course, um, then the next year I was um, pregnant. And you think, well, the last you know season that I competed I'd actually got a PB so it made you think well you know maybe I could still run well enough to get on the team but I certainly wasn't thinking of medals but um, you know made my way back gradually I suppose because I didn't think I was going to get a medal it wasn't like I thought I had the pressure of trying to get a medal I was just enjoying the challenge of um, trying to get back but it was so important for me to enjoy that newborn time you know I was um, absolutely so thrilled to have my second child and I think that happiness and that balance in my life actually helped me but it was um, very tough to begin with obviously sleepless nights and um, breastfeeding and the trials were um, early they were like 10th of May that year for the 10th meters and I'd had Emily in September so I think when I think of the timing the most tricky timing was actually achieving getting the qualification at the trials and I was fortunate that I won the trials but that was like the 10th of May and had I not performed at those trials I wouldn't have even been at the championships and so those first sort of runs were like um, going back and forth with my husband Gav pushing Emily in the pram because I was breastfeeding I couldn't be far from the baby and I couldn't Mm -hmm. breastfeed and I did a lot of training on the treadmill and I'd had a cesarean as well so that also made it trickier to start running and you know I had to sort of listen to my body and see what I could cope with and when I first started back exercising I actually put my treadmill on a really steep incline and did like sort of not that I can race walk but kind of some sort of race walk on a very high incline because then I wasn't um, putting any sort of jarring through the cesarean scar Mm -hmm. and um, I was just getting my heart rate up and enjoying trying to get fit but just thinking you know obviously I can only do what I can do like when I um, first went down the track obviously my times were absolutely terrible but I didn't feel stressed I just thought well I'm just going to keep working away at it but it was fine you know I just thought well I'll just see what happens and gradually um, I started to get fitter but I didn't stop breastfeeding until a month before the trial so my body was like you know in that sort of state and so it wasn't really running well um Mm -hmm. until a couple of weeks really before the trials and then I was pleasantly surprised that I won the trial and from then on I started to get a bit fitter and then the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow were before the European Championships that year and I competed in the 5k at that and fortunately I got a bronze medal which was a big shock especially with the Kenyan athletes in the race and it was like Mm -hmm. cat and mouse could anyone get a medal against these amazing Kenyan athletes and fortunately I I got a bronze but 
you know, it was it was a really tough competitive race and quite an exciting race to be in, really. But 10 days later, with the European Championships, I wasn't really brimming with confidence because I now had to run double the distance in a race. Had, you know, I was thinking, have I done enough endurance? And then most of the athletes in the race obviously hadn't done the Commonwealth Games. So they'd been, you know, probably just focused on that. And then you're thinking, you know, are there sort of, surprise cases come out the woodwork and um you know obviously even on that day not that I want to go on about negative things but people in that race got caught and banned for drugs after that day so sometimes that makes me feel emotional that even when I actually achieved a goal there's still people in the race that are willing to take that away from you by cheating you know Mm -hmm. and so you unfortunately you do go into race thinking somebody might just produce a performance in their life and you've never heard of their name before because obviously that happens but anyway that's not something I dwell on I just line up and think right I want to give my best performance and going into that race stood on the start line you know really nervous and it was quite a difficult race in that there was about 27 runners in the field and running round in a tight circle with 27 people being the fact that the pace in the early stages was fairly slow and people were getting spiked and I thought I'll probably run on the inside to run less distance but actually I couldn't even open my stride and you're trying to cut your stride and actually it was more tiring so then I decided to run wide and let the laps tick by and then I'm thinking I don't want to leave it right to the end and then I think the Portuguese athletes put in some real fast pace with sort of two or three laps to go or whatever and tried to keep focused and then the last lap, I tried to run a controlled last lap. I was aware that I needed to kick, but have something left the home straight. So, um, yeah, and when I finally crossed the line, I think I put my arms halfway up because I was sort of like, no, surely I haven't won. I don't want to be embarrassed by over-celebrating. And, and I was looking around for people to confirm it to me. And, yeah, I just couldn't believe it. It was such a shock to me more than anyone else I think (laughs) so yeah and also just being over the age of 40 as well having um tried for so many years um you know I'd been fortunate to get other medals at championships but I'd never got a gold medal and to achieve that at that age under those circumstances was a big surprise but definitely made it more special to have my children there in the stadium and my husband and you know my my parents it was more special I think than for me than if I'd achieved before and it showed me having that balance in my life it's like when you're talking about you know women all around the country running I love to be able to chat with other parents and all the sort of balancing and juggling things when I was younger I used to chat to um, people and they would be thinking oh it's all right for you you're just focused on your running your training camps all over the world and now you know been able to talk to people and share the same stories oh yeah you know it's it's difficult isn't it juggling everything trying to fit everything in but that was actually when I achieved my best performance so you know it taught me a lot about having that balance and finding a way and overcoming obstacles but also being happy and sort of making myself realize you can believe that you can still achieve things you want to achieve yeah I mean the the success that you've achieved sort of in the latter stages of your career uh, do you think that 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 has a direct correlation between um between you know having children is there is there something that kind of that adds to your drive or to your ambition or to your strength even I think um it's good that you um don't dwell on training I think one of the things is when I was um literally full-time as an athlete I would really think about like oh I've got to do this session I've got to hit these target times and probably wind myself up almost like it was a race even though it's just a track session and whereas now it's just like I know I'm going to get to the track and just do what I can do and that's got to be good enough I just put my full commitment into it and not stress about things and um, I think um, it's enabled me to have great sort of flexibility and think outside the box and work out how I'm going to fit my training in and also become better at prioritizing the important aspects of training I think going into 2014 I was like thinking there's no point running miles and miles and miles if I get down the track and I can't hit the k reps and you know even for runners that aren't going down the track if they're aiming for you know marathon or a 10k you know thinking about what specific parts of training are going to make you 
do your best performance and focus on those and any sort of extra bits can filter in around that if you've got time and so prioritizing listening to your body I think I became better at that but but yeah definitely the mental outlook I think I felt happy I think I got to the point in my career and um I felt that um it was something that I you know felt like I really want to be a mum I really want to have a family and I became a little bit sort of not happy with pushing myself to the limit thinking I definitely want to um you know have children so when I became a mum I had that sort of happy balance in my life and mentally that definitely helped and I think probably having less rest maybe keeps me fitter and more active rather than sitting around in between it probably has a good effect on endurance I should imagine as well yeah I mean I guess like women particularly seem to do really well um competitively in the kind of the post kids sort of age bracket um especially in endurance running do you is that is that similar reasons to to what you what you've experienced or or is there is there something special about women when they when they turn 40 that suddenly makes them amazing runners I think um I did get asked about um you know when I'd first got the gold and people said oh you know you hear a lot of stories about a woman having a baby and then producing a good performance and you know maybe some of that could be true but at the time it, it just felt like I'm sure this must be a disadvantage because I'd had like, you know, all that time being pregnant where, okay, I kept a bit of jogging going, but I had that all that deconditioning of being an athlete and then the body changes and ligaments being lax and a few problems with my feet because of that. And um, also just all the sleepless nights and trying to get your fitness back and, and all that. It didn't feel like it could possibly be <laughs> an advantage at the time, definitely. But as far as... um women in their 40s I think you you get to that age where you know you realize yes you can still achieve your goals you can um, juggle your life you've got that level of sort of learning in life experiences that's one thing I was saying about getting older my running is that I can definitely use you know the learning experiences I've had over the years regarding life and my running because obviously um, you get that whole knowledge of what training works for you what training is important but also probably life experience of how best to juggle life how to prioritize and I think you can definitely whatever you're trying to achieve in life as you go into your 40s and beyond you've got all those sort of experiences that you can use positively to try and achieve your goals I mean everyone bangs on about your age I mean (laughs) which must feel uh, brutal does it does it feel brutal it does to me yeah I mean I enjoy the banter I mean when I was at my fifth Olympics in Rio my, my two teammates who absolutely brilliant you know we had a lot of fun and they were 20 years younger than me and we had a lot of banter and some of the younger sprinters were calling me granny and we had a <laughs> bit of fun but just all good fun you know I enjoyed the banter and, and it, it's um you know I don't mind all of that and it was lovely to be a teammate of these athletes that had so much enthusiasm and you know determination rather than you know a a team manager you know obviously they do a great job but to actually have the privileged position of just being a teammate was really lovely and that really was very nice and um, thinking back to all the different experiences from each games you can definitely see the difference in the age of the people I remember like one experience I talk about is like my first Olympics you all walk into the Olympic village together and you all talk to each other and say wow you know look at this look at that and they're walking into the village in Rio and they're all like got their phones and broadcasting it live on Snapchat and I felt you know (laughs) and everything like this and just the social media world and I suddenly felt you know out of my depth with what they were doing with their and they're thinking do I say oh wow look at this or is it going to be recorded and put out there for everyone to <laughs> see and hear and you just you know and then um all this sort of social media side of being at an Olympic Games it was so different to you know my first Olympics in 2000 when people were 
really getting their first phones and things like that and you know all this um different way running is nowadays i definitely saw that progress through the olympics as well as other types of running but you know there's a lot of positivities with um social social interaction with the running community generally in there especially during this lockdown so oh, yeah yeah i can't complain about that i love the fact that you feel out of your depth because because of the technology not not definitely not because of the training so that's um that's pretty lovely to hear um you're seen as like one of the loveliest women in British running which is completely true um but underneath that sort of that loveliness there must be masses of determination and competitiveness and drive to achieve the things that you have do you think that's an important thing for girls and for women to develop oh thank you I mean I'm not like determined to win like Monopoly or anything like that you know you know I'm not worried if I don't do well or if I'm playing a game or something and just have fun but I suppose um one thing I love about running and I think for all of us runners is meeting other people and working towards goals and cheering each other on and having that sort of friendship and everything and I've always had that with people that I've been on teams with or when I've been to big you know road races um everyone there you know you're all in the same position you're trying to get the best performance you can and it's always a really friendly atmosphere but once you start running you just give it everything you can and I think in training I want to give it the best I can and with track sessions I've never been one to set myself a target right I've got to achieve the k reps in this certain time I will just achieve them in the best time I can that day and I kind of get that gauge from the first one when I give it the right amount of effort when I know like I've got another six or seven to do or whatever I'll gauge how much effort I can put in to achieve finishing all of them, but I won't put a limit on that. I'll just do them as fast as I can on that particular day. And um, I, I've always sort of kind of trained like that, trying to get the best out of myself. And I enjoy doing that. I enjoy the whole process of the journey of working towards a goal. And I think that can be fun when you see that you're making progress. And I think a lot of the determination comes from enjoying trying to achieve a goal and the ups and downs along the way but also mixing the running up you know running beautiful places so you get all that headspace from running as well but Mm -hmm. um, I think there's so many things I love about running and achieving a goal is just part of the love of it really but but yeah I think having a plan working towards that but it being a flexible plan is important and just getting into a routine I think we will have days where we dread going out for a run. That's completely normal. And I think if it's just your routine, once you get out the door, you're pleased you did and you get into it. And when you come back, you feel pleased that you got out there and got on with it because there are days where you don't feel like, you know, amazed about the idea of going for a run. That's completely normal. But all in all, you know, when you get out there, it's just amazing. And sometimes you're in the house, especially now with lockdown, it just makes you feel so good to get out for a run. Oh God. Yeah. And I mean, um, the other thing I wanted to talk about a little bit was, um, of course, if I was, if I was interviewing a, a bloke that was going for the Olympics this year, mm-hmm. I probably, because I'm the same as everyone else, I imagine, I probably wouldn't have asked how they've been juggling parenthood and family um so uh, which is entirely my fault and and the fault of a lot of people um you know a lot of people would ask you those sorts of questions I'm, I'm just wondering how you cope with that kind of inherent sexism yeah I think um I I almost feel it the other way around in that I'm very wary of using the word parent when I'm talking about um you know like you know earlier in this interview I might have said things like you know I'm like other busy parents because I I find it the other way around not people maybe asking me that because I'm a woman but me also answering in a way that I shouldn't be presuming that a man isn't um somebody who's juggling a busy life and, and um juggling all the needs of their kids of course they are if you know what I mean so it can work both ways can't it I'm always when I'm talking to you about running you know I'm a busy parent juggling everything I, I would tend to use that word rather than busy mum I mean might occasionally use the word busy mum because I'm a mum but equally um men and dads are going to be 
juggling the homeschooling and you know I know my husband and I are both juggling the homeschooling together it's not just me you know we're both um doing that and taking turns to do certain school tasks and, and things like that but but yeah definitely um there is sort of different questions asked to women sometimes but I think um it's nice to be able to talk about you know juggling things um generally for you know men or women because I think one thing I like to talk about is how you know I was surprised that I could by juggling everything still achieve things in my life that I hadn't achieved when I was younger when I was somebody who didn't have a busy family life and how that surprised me that I could still fulfill my goals and things that I thought were no longer possible and I think even if it's other aspects of your life not just running you can still achieve those goals and and juggle things but yeah no I, I agree with um that and I think I think politicians sometimes have complained about those sort of questions aren't they so it's definitely relevant but I think um you're right that it's the same for everybody everybody's <laughs> juggling everything in life especially at the moment with the lockdown and life yeah. being totally different and, and I, I mean your kids I mean, speaking of families, your kids must be um, must be influenced by how active you and your husband are, um, which is brilliant. I think um, I was just thinking about this this morning, actually, and and you know before we you know we were talking about lockdown and keeping our kids active during during lockdown, which is tough. Um, how do you think we can all be helping our kids to enjoy sport more, particularly in lockdown? Yeah, I think um, that's the thing at the moment. I mean, a big motivator for me and carrying on running all these years has definitely been being able to keep active as a family and getting that quality time as a family and I found it fun that I can show my kids that it's enjoyable to be active and that's definitely been a big motivator for me I think um you know getting kids to be active it's got to all be about fun so involving them in decisions about where you're going to go what activities you're going to do I mean as a family we enjoy going out we like run my husband might run the kids go on their bikes but we make it part of a fun day out so we'll take a picnic or you know go somewhere to eat afterwards when places are open and but just sort of it's not just about going there doing the run we'll try and make it an active day maybe go to a play park or go in the sea afterwards and things like that but also playing games in the you know in the garden or in a local park or whatever just things you know football simple tag and with a lockdown create funny challenges that you can also do indoors try and mix it up a bit but but yeah, I think um, it's important that they enjoy what they're doing. So for children, normally giving them um, chances to try different activities, different sports, it's very tricky at the moment, obviously, with clubs not happening. That's a mm-hmm. massive issue in itself that has been in the media a lot. And, you know, I've got involved a bit with that. And um, it, it's so important for children to try different things. And all the sports they can get to do is not just about the being healthy it's about the mental health and it's also about learning those life skills like you know being part of a team or that camaraderie all that type of thing so it's important for children to experience different sports but at the moment I think with the homeschooling sometimes the danger is to get all the schooling done whereas actually it's so important to get the schooling done as best you can you know it's very tricky at times but to always put in some time you get out and be active and we've try to do that every day sometimes it might be just you know locally go for a walk or we might drive a short distance so they can go on their bikes and we often just go to local woods and they just run up and down and climb trees while we're sort of kind of stood there so we're not always expecting them to you know go on their bikes they need to be able to play and and be kids and it is difficult and I think with the lockdown there's so many things parents to think about and you can always just continually feel guilty and are you doing the right thing are you getting the right balance are you keeping them happy you doing enough schooling but I think we all just have to think as long as we try our best that we have to be happy with that but yeah keeping them active has to be about fun it's got to be the message that this is enjoyable so find ways of making it enjoyable have a lot of variety because we want them to take these habits of enjoying being active into their adult lives rather than it being oh it's a chore that's definitely not what you want them to think 
Yeah, it seems it sounds like very similar advice that you'd give to to adults, really, to be honest, because yeah. I know that, um, well, women in particular, because obviously that's who we think about the most, um, being women's running, we we think about <clears throat> trying to... Um, trying to encourage women to to be more active to to get out as much as they possibly can um do you do you have any advice for women particularly women in their 40s um and on how they can increase the activity in their lives yeah i think um you know for people that are fairly new to running it's about going out the door and not feeling like you've got to run continuously you know it's completely fine to do sort of like a run walk type method where you run for a couple of minutes walk for a couple of minutes and build that time up to sort of 20 or 30 minutes and don't run every day to begin with but also it's not got to be boring you know think about if you can go somewhere you know obviously locally at the moment where there's some nice scenery and you can make up a new loop and really sort of use it for your mental health rather than just thinking of it as physical health or sometimes just doing you know exercise indoors fitness type video or something if that's going to be enjoyable to you at the time it's about um mixing things up and keep yourself active but also I think it's very motivating if you can set yourself a goal. Maybe you can think, oh, I might try and compete in my first 5K or 10K and then work back from that and look at how you can make yourself mini goals along the way and think, oh, if I can start by at least running a 5K continuously, that's a good start. And then thinking, right, instead of a walk jog method, I'm going to actually try and put a bit of effort. So I'm doing sort of a minimal sort of effort of interval session so you're not risking getting injured but you're trying to increase your pace a bit obviously there's gps watches out there that can help with motivation to track your progress and also there's a lot of um social interaction online you know with social networking sites for runners are really nice to give people um encouragement and get encouragement back and try and interact in that sort of way as well but most of all enjoy it listen to your body be flexible with what you're doing don't beat yourself up if you know life gets in the way with kids or work and you can't do the training you plan just think well you know I'm, I'm trying my best and I'll pick it up again tomorrow but yeah have goals enjoy it is the main thing and just gradually try and keep consistent if you're consistent you'll gradually start to improve and you'll just absolutely love it I mean I've got a passion for running from a young age and that's never going to go away and I always think if only people could go out and try running regularly they'll see what you know us runners are on about definitely that's what I say to my husband but it's not going anywhere um yeah I I can see that you're um you're sitting there with a lovely logo on your top which I must touch on um Yep. Because I know that you have a brilliant relationship with Saucony. Yep. Um, and I, I mean, that's been going on for some years now, I think, hasn't it? Um, yep. And I wondered why, why Saucony? What's, what's so, do, do, I mean, I assume there's, there's a lot of shared values there. Um, what, what do you like about their stuff and, and them as a, as a brand? Yeah, I mean, what I love about them as a brand is they're such a running brand you know the shoes are so designed for purpose and um they're just absolutely brilliant if you want um like a trail shoe like you know I've been trying out the new Peregrine 11 and I've never before with Saucony I've never been able to run in trail shoe because they were always just so focused on being too stiff to actually run whereas with Saucony it's a shoe which um is flexible and it's grippy and you can run over all sorts of terrain. And, you know, then they've got the racing shoes like the Endorphin Pro. So you've got the chance to run your PBs on the road. And then there's so many different variety of shoes that have got the ideal sort of mix of cushioning and flexibility. And I've just found them absolutely brilliant for having a shoe for each thing, but also shoes which can be used for many purposes, like the ride shoe you know, for people who aren't going to have many, many shoes. For me, I can go out and do mileage, but I'm doing a great majority of my road sessions in them as well, and they're suitable for long runs. And obviously a kit is great, but also the people. Um, I've never worked with such a great bunch of people in my running career, and I've really, really enjoyed that. It's made a massive difference to me, um, not only physically having great shoes to run in, but mentally, because I feel like I'm loving the sort of camaraderie and and the people I'm working with which is a very supportive feeling um which I absolutely love as well so everything about it I've been 
really really happy and um you know i'm looking forward to getting out racing soon and their, their kit just keeps on getting better and better doesn't it I, i'm the look of it particularly and i know that i'm being very shallow here but the, the ride 13s and the peregrines that you were running in on our front cover i mean they're absolutely beautiful yeah they are and um like our friends in the village have all started wearing sock and my husband's in a big running group which um they've missed being able to meet as a big group they have to put messages out on whatsapp and the first person to say they're going to go for a run with somebody gets to go because only two could go together. And um, but normally they do these big runs together, and they're all wearing Saucony now. My husband's always taking a photo. <laughs> look, they're all wearing the because they realise how good they are. But but yeah, definitely they do look great as well because they they don't look like corny or cheesy. They just look cool. So <clears throat> yeah, that's definitely um, a bonus as well. Maybe you should just brand the whole village. Yeah, I think that's the way it's going. <laughs> but you can choose between having bright colours that you might want for training or alternatively you can choose between, you know, ones that you can run in and perform the same in because it's the same model, but equally you can wear them with a pair of jeans. So, you know, because they're not such a bright colour, you can choose which your preference is, which I always find helpful as well. Yeah, I, I like it because um, I mean, especially those ride thirteens. I like. I'm very much a kind of monochrome kind of runner, but I do like a bright, a bright yeah. shoe. So <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoy running in the, you know, the bright ride at the moment um, as well because I'm doing a lot of my training those. But I'm also lucky that I have a grey pair as well. And um, in a normal circumstances, when I'm travelling about with my running, I can pack, you know, the brighter pairs for training. But then I can like travel in a pair which is equally functionally as good but I can walk you know to the airport or the station but then if I suddenly need to run I can because I haven't been known to just do runs in my jeans when I've been stuck with transport like I've run around airports <laughs> and out and you know when you suddenly you've got a race the next day and you've suddenly the travel has gone all pear shaped so it's always good to be wearing a pair of um proper running shoes rather than something you can't run in oh my so. god I'd love to have been on a flight with you <laughs> just sort of sat at an airport having a coffee and suddenly Joe Pavey legs it past you in a pair of jeans <laughs> <laughs> um, you're you're such an inspiring runner um can you tell me who inspires you I mean I've had lots of inspirations over the years I mean obviously when I was younger I was watching a you know, co-crime and Ovet, um all that sort of, I was old enough to be interested in that and also you know watching Liz McColgan win her gold medal um in the 10,000 meters at the world championships a big inspiration um there's been many athletes I mean when I first ever got on the British team um Kelly Holmes was really helpful to me and it's been an amazing teammate during my career and supported me in those early days and um she's amazing because I remember first meeting her and um she was going to be my roommate when I was first going to an international only as a reserve for the European Cup team and and I was told oh you'll be sharing with Kelly and I was in the room oh my god you know Kelly Holmes is going to arrive like my heart was beating as the door was open because she was such a famous person and then she came in and she was lovely and always supported me um during my career so yeah that's good and then looking up to these days when I talk about trail runners like you know Camille running absolutely amazing achievements oh, so yeah, yeah. people were doing things I think how on earth do they do that you know it's um amazing and going out doing you know 90 minute runs and then you think they can keep that pace going for hours <laughs> you know it's um, things like that inspire me as well definitely but yeah I mean there's so many people even they can be people in different events to yourself you're knowing how much effort they're putting into what they're doing um you know even you know our younger sprinters like Dina Asher Smith when you see the perfection of her performances and you know what she's put into that even though it's a different event you admire the determination so yeah I think the list would be endless and um yeah it, it it's great to see people getting out there and doing great performances whichever event definitely it's lovely, isn't it, to be in, in 2021 and to have so many people, so many women, especially, that are so inspiring at all these different kind of races and stuff. I mean, you know, yeah. we're constantly kind of bowing towards like Jasmine Paris and Sophie Power and, and yeah. Camille Heron and yeah, all of those people. You just go, oh, you know, what they're achieving is is absolutely immense. It's just, um, yeah, it's lovely to see. Yeah. Um, I just, I wanted to 
sort of ask you, I, I don't know, I don't know if this is a loaded question, but I want to know why you think running is so good. I mean, <laughs> what, what makes you do it all the time? Yeah, I mean, it's funny, I'm sure you'd agree, like the list could go on forever why running is so good, because it is so good. Um, I think like, I start listing things, one thing as I say is how great it makes you feel. I mean, especially with lockdown, there's so much about mental health and running is great for mental health as as well as physical health. Um, I love the way the running community is so amazing. Um, We're all missing out on things like park run and then big events and all that type of thing, which we can't wait to restart. But even during this lockdown, the running community's really got together with online challenges and, you know, connecting on social networking sites and things like that. And that's really shown the real spirit of the running community. But yeah, being part of the running community, I absolutely love. I love, um, working towards goals I'd recommend anyone to like set themselves a goal and enjoy the challenge of working towards it and of course things can go wrong on the way but you've got to use those as learning experiences and move forward from that think what have you learned how can maybe that not happen again and working towards a goal setting yourself markers along the way maybe different events or distances to get ready for your bigger goal I enjoy that sort of process Um, I think running is great because it's convenient you can go from your doorstep which is also a bonus during this lockdown when gyms and facilities are closed you can always go for a run as long as you've got a decent pair of shoes preferably a sock and pair of shoes to go out the door <laughs> nicely put yeah, yeah. Um, you know it's good that it and so many people have found running because of the lockdown and so I think a lot more people are realizing that running is such a great thing I think it's a great thing for being able to keep active with your family because you can go out and maybe the kids can go on their bikes or you can do little bits of running with your kids. It's a very portable thing to enjoy quality time as a family and to combine with other aspects of the day, which might be easier to do than with other things. Um, But yeah, I think mental health is a massive thing. Um, It just makes you feel so much happier um, in yourself it, it gives you that sort of boost of self-esteem and things like that I mean in normal circumstances you get the positivity of being part of a team maybe part of a running club all that social interaction cheering each other on that running really lends itself to all things like that and yeah I mean the list is endless really you can try lots of different types of training to make your running good like bits of home gym and things like that and there's always more to learn with running as well I think that's another good thing I'm still learning about how I can improve my performances and and things like that but yeah I mean I could go on all day I think running is just (laughs) advert for running running is amazing you'll love it I really (laughs) recommend it Yeah, I mean, well, I entirely agree. I think running is just, it's just the best thing ever. And it's only non-runners that say, but it's just running. Yeah. <laughs> How can you make a magazine about that? How can someone, yeah. you know, be infused about putting one foot in front of the other? You could definitely make an amazing magazine about running more than anything else, I think. And <laughs> also, I suppose one thing I, which I did talk about earlier, but with running, it's more easy to get to a beautiful location and you know, and run in different locations compared to some ways of keeping fit, I think, you know, because you can decide to go somewhere really beautiful and do your sport, which is running, Mm -hmm. uh, which running is more possible than most keeping fit ways. I think going somewhere really beautiful and taking in the environment and nature, you know, whether it's a coast path, a forest, a canal, um, you know, obviously, um, you know, places people can go can be more limited at the moment. But if the, if you can get out um, somewhere nice, then that's a really lovely thing that running can allow you to do. Are you always going to run, Joe? Oh, yeah, definitely. I always <laughs> keep going. And any, um, you know, achieving of goals is just a bonus because it's just really an offshoot of the fact that I'm having fun and having a good time, really. Oh, isn't that lovely? <laughs> Thank you so much for talking to me, Joe. That's been it's been absolutely brilliant. I'm sorry you had to wash your hair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my hair wasn't too bad, but I didn't realise it was um, just audio. Maybe I wouldn't have put mascara on. And. <laughs> <laughs>
I know. Pinch me. I talked to Joe Pavey and she was lovely. Remember to let me know if there's anyone you'd like me to talk to on the podcast, as I will take any excuse to track down wonderful women from the world of running. This episode was recorded over Zoom. The editor and composer was David Newman, and my mic is the podcast pro from Sontronics. Please hit like and subscribe, that way you won't miss the next episode. Don't forget to head to shop.womensrunning.co.uk and enter WRPOD at the checkout to get your exclusive 35% discount off Women's Running membership. You'll get the magazine, free access to digital back issues, a free month's subscription to Move GB, Move at Home, discounts on merchandise and mags, and loads more besides. Plus, we're going to be adding more benefits during the year, so this is literally just the start of it. Come and join Women's Running. We'd love to have you with us. Happy running. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 